With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala Smart Oven, while the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook. Just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify mealtime today with Tavala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala Smart Oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A.com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala.com. And welcome along to a Celtic State of Mind. It is Wednesday, we are at Hump Day. It is all the way down to the weekend from here. 
I'm currently joined by James McKenzie. Soon, Kevin Graham will be joining us as well. And James, some positive news coming out of Celtic Park. The transfers are coming along. Our third summer transfer is in the door. Benjamin Segrist from Dundee United. What's your thoughts on this one? It's been a bit of a whirlwind sort of last few days. Business is starting to heat up at Celtic. We had the, the panic of Juranovic potentially leaving, <laughs> which was quickly shut down. But for, that for would have absolutely been Paul's fault, by the way. That would have, <laughs> I, I've seen it all over Twitter. It was going to be Paul's fault. The headline uh, that day was, no big transfers out, and then out comes big for BC. Right, I've like, see you later. Well. <laughs> I remember seeing the pod for the first time in ages. This is going to be... I was not having any big sort of major players leaving. But anyway, I thought we've got Benjamin Segrist signing. I think he's a very solid player. Probably, in my opinion, the most impressive goalkeeper outside of Celtic and Rangers in the league. He, he kept some good clean sheets. That's I've got 21 clean sheets in 66 league games, according to transfer mark, which for a team getting promoted only in 2020, that's a good record for me, I think. He's much improved on Scott Bain as well, which I don't know if I'd be happy calling upon him in Champions League game, but the only one you could call on that squad would be Joe Hart for me for a Champions League game. But again, he'd be reliable backup. So there's a couple of people coming in already and a big warm welcome to everyone who's watching us on YouTube. If you are watching, leave us a like um, below. That really does help the algorithm and it gets the podcast out to a lot more people. Uh, but Paddy Laverty coming in here to say, uh, what must Scott Bain be thinking now he's number three? Uh, and Paul Patterson following that up saying he thinks Scott Bain will be sold now. I'm actually not convinced that Scott Bain goes, and I'll tell you for why. Because when it comes round to the Champions League squad, you need so many homegrown players and you need so many club-grown players um, so that you can have a full 25-man squad. With that in mind, I think Scott Bain stays because that's another position that can be filled. Now, obviously, there's been talk for a number of months almost a year now that Toby Olawayemi will be the third choice goalkeeper who's trying to get some minutes in the cup and stuff like that but he wouldn't fill one of the quotas James and I think for that reason then to try and keep the 25 man squad we'll see Scott Bain sticking around Yeah especially considering in the last sort of two or three transfer windows it's majority have been players outside of Scotland I think the only real sort of player I've signed from inside Scotland would be sort of David Turnbull but that might be why we're getting like the guys like Connor Barron and other sort of younger Scottish players to maybe sort of try and help fill that Scottish homegrown quota. I don't know if there would be too much stress about it, but keeping Scott being around would be handy for that, if anything. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you look at it, I think the last time we qualified for the Champions League, we had to leave two spaces out, so we only had a 23-man squad uh, because of that. So you look at it, apart from the, it seems as though he carries out the banter at half-time, if anybody's mm. seen Scott Bain, he's always the one kicking about, making everybody laugh, but um, he'll be around, I think, for this season at least, and um, at least the, maybe the Champions League season, if it comes to Europe um, in the second half of the season, we might see him go out on loan or maybe leave the club permanently. Um, another warm welcome along to everybody in here, Paddy Lavery, I'm very sorry, there's no in there but you are right I did call it right last week I got the information from the source Celtic Aberdeen first game of the season and we'll be talking about that in a second because one of our players has went up there on loan um, for the rest of the season I was thinking we'd get Kelly away 
I was thinking Kelly away for the first game of the season. I'm happy I was wrong though. Oh no, the champions are never away from home. That's that's <laughs> one of the benefits. Although it does feel as though it might be away from home for some with a half four kick off on a Sunday, but ah. we'll cover that later. Francisco Wildonino, afternoon to the Wednesday lads. Big Benji is here to challenge. Well, I hope so. I do hope that someone is pushing Joe Hart for that number one position this year. I mean, as good as he was last year, he is coming towards the end of his career and it would be good to see someone there as a sort of um, solid number two pushing Seems for that like number good one. Seems like a good age for a goalie as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And Ewan Boy Martin, hail hail troops from a hot and sunny Portugal. Ewan, I was very tempted to block you there because I am <laughs> not jealous at all. We're um, no far off Portugal weather here. It's quite a nice day, to be honest with you. I don't, well, I don't know. Down here in Greenock, it's a bit overcast, but that's probably a summer's day down here. Sunny Stirling here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Benjamin Segrist then. It's the third transfer of the summer so far after uh, Maida and Cameron and Carter Vickers. Uh, I mean, the, the thing is, uh, James... These transfers, I mean, Cameron Carter-Vickers dragged on since the start of last season. Um, we knew Maida was going to be coming in because of the, the loan thing. Benjamin Segrist is probably the first one that's adding to this squad. We're looking at guys like Alessandro Bernabe coming in following that after he posted that emotional farewell, very similar to Juranovic's when he left Legia. Um, so he's on his way to Scotland. We are now starting to add to the core of this squad and we're seeing the kind of players that Ange wants to bring in. Last year, I think Joe Hart was a necessity because we didn't really have a goalkeeper that could save a shot, never mind yeah. keep a clean sheet. Now we're seeing guys that he wants in as part of his squad and Segrist, when you look at it, he's someone who's a very good shot stopper, but his distribution is also very, very good, whether it be with his feet or with his hands. He gets the attack going very quickly and that's all part of Ange's play get the ball back, turn it over and go forward as quick as you can. Yeah, he's going to be, he's a reliable player, would be the best word to describe him. I mean, whenever he played against Celtic, he always seemed to turn in uh, prime Manuel Neuer whenever he plays. <laughs> it's not it's not a sign that it's going to grab the headlines, but I think when you, when you look maybe about eight, nine months down the line, you'll think that was that was a good bit of business from Celtic. It's not going to grab the headlines that a Jot or a Carter Vickers would, but we'll, we'll look back on it and we'll think it was a very smart bit of business. Something you mentioned earlier as well about him being a good age for a goalkeeper. Obviously, you see these goalkeepers signing on to be third choice down at the likes of Man City and Chelsea, like Scott Carson. Scott Carson's got the easiest job in football. He turns up well, to like training. Like Camilleros done the round. Yeah. Guys like that. Well. It doesn't look as if Seagrass coming in to do that. He signed up for a four-year deal. He is only just turned 30. He's not going to be content with just sitting on the bench every week. He will be pushing Joe Hart for that number one jersey. Yeah, we'll be wanting to push. I'm not sure where he stands in the sort of Swiss national setup. I know they've got quite a good crop of goalkeepers there, but he would be thinking he could. I could maybe make the squad here if I could try and make an impact at Celtic. And with the prospect of Champions League football, and even if we drop out the Champions League, we'll still have European football after um, January. He'll be he'll be thinking if he can get game time in those matches, I could really make a push to the international setup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've seen that with a lot of players last season, like Cameron and Carter Vickers dropped out of the American setup, has a good season straight back in there. Um, guys like Jack Abakis coming in, scoring that fantastic mm-hmm. header. You take a look at it, it is an opportunity to put yourself on the biggest stage of them all, playing in the Champions League. Yeah, Anthony Ralston. I mean, <laughs> I'll hold my hands up this time last year, I was writing him off, and now he's come that back. Exactly same. We're talking about he was potentially going to be the first choice right back next season if you're left. No one could have seen that coming, though. No. I, I don't get on at anybody for not seeing Ralston of the future last summer, because nobody could have foresaw the season he was going to have. 
I think this this season will be very interesting for someone like Anthony Ralston. Um, I mean, obviously, if Juranovic had left, he would have been once again the first choice right back. It does look as though Juranovic will be staying, which is good news, obviously. Um, but it's come down to the kind of game time he's going to get this year. Um, is he going to be playing the likes of the cup games? Is he going to be sort of coming in for the, the odd league game at home? Where does that leave his career? Because you'd think Juranovic coming in, obviously, right back. Bernabe coming in to challenge Greg Taylor for the left-back position. Juranovic would have traditionally went to left-back to accommodate someone like Anthony Ralston. It's a good squad option to have, but I think in terms of development of his career, he's going to want to be playing as much football as he can. I think if he considers where his sort of standing was in Celtic and Scottish football last year, I can imagine Anthony Ralston being pretty content with being in around the squad, sort of challenging for a place he's getting maybe a few home games and some cup games. I think he'll be pretty content with that, to be honest with you. I wonder if Ralston's dreaming of drawing PSG in the, the Champions League for that rematch against I'm Neymar. Not I'm not <laughs> it. And if he's smart, he won't be dreaming of it either. But talk, talking about the Champions League, obviously, we, we do look as if we are now strengthening to, to get players like that. And obviously, there's guys that are coming in, going out on loan. We'll talk about Liam Scales in a minute. But Alessandro Bernabe, he's the next one we believe is going to be coming in. He's travelling from Lanis in uh, Argentina, making his way to, to Scotland right now. Um, from the clips that I've seen of him and from the intel that we're, we're seeming to get from Argentina, this looks as if this could be another one where we've got someone at a very good price that, excuse me, sorry, that could go on to be that sort of guy that stands out could be another one that in maybe a year or two's time we're saying he's ready to make that big move down south and it could be for big money. That's not the way you want to look at a Celtic squad, but unfortunately, the way the market is right now, that's just it's just natural. Yeah, the fullback market, I always mention it's lucrative in the football. Man City spend £50 million on maybe two or three fullbacks every single season. So if an Argentine 21-year-old fullback doesn't excite you, we've never had an Argentinian player at Celtic before. It's, those sort of keywords will get you excited about a player. I think from reading up, it seems to be very good attacking-wise, but defensively there are still problems. But as a young player, those sort of things will be ironed out with game time and with age as it goes on. Will he be suspended for the first game? Because I saw he headbutted that guy. We, we, we've been saying we could use a bit of fire in this game, but I don't know if that's the fire you're looking for. He was, that was the sign that he was coming to Celtic. That was a Glasgow kiss. That was it. He was bang. See you later, pal. He, he knew he was coming. Um, I don't know actually about that. That'll be interesting to see if he is suspended. I guess it will depend on the Argentinian FA and what the connection is with the Scottish FA. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't even think it would just be one game if that was the case. I think I had but it's maybe uh, three games. Butt. It was. It sounds a bit crazy, but it was a bit soft. For a, I know it was a head, but but it was a bit soft. It was yeah, kind of similar to the, the, the John McGinn John McGinn incident against the Armenia the other night. Mm, it was kind of similar yeah. to that, but uh, look, taking that away from his game, even the best in the world do it. Zinedine Zidane done it at the uh, biggest stage of them all. Well, we all lose the plot at some point. Um, but looking at his play overall, he seems to suit that inverted fullback style that Ange Postacoglu has adopted. He loves getting forward. He's full of pace. He's full of energy. He's almost everything that we've said Greg Taylor isn't and I'm not I'm not having a go at Greg Taylor here I actually think Greg Taylor is one of our most improved players last season I'm a big fan of Greg Taylor he's a local boy down here so he's always going to be a favourite of mine but 
going forward, you obviously want to take that to the next level. You want to compete in Europe. This seems to be the logical step. Yeah, I've said quite a lot. I think Greg Taylor, is, he, he's a hard worker. He tries his best, but I think he's very limited in terms of footballing ability. Yeah, he's came on leaps and bounds at Celtic, but I think there's still room to improve in that position. And you think, I said, South American talent will excite you. And he's still got a lot of room to grow as well. I'm not sure. How old is Greg Taylor? Is he Greg's only 23, 24, yeah. 24. So he's still quite a young player as well. But Bernabe, he's 21. He's got a few years on Taylor. And it really excites me if we're able to grab him. What was it? Four million, four million pounds for a full back. It's decent in this sort of day and age. And Katsimi got Juranovic for two and a half hands. Clearly has an eye for a full back. So even if a player signs for us and they don't fit the inverted full back mould, I'm very confident Ange can convert them to an inverted fullback because the work he done with Ralston and Taylor as well. So they don't exactly have to fit the mould because Ange can mould them into that, but it's him fitting that mould, so it's going to look good for us in the future. MB coming in to clarify, the Argentine Football Association can include a suspension for violent conduct and the international transfer certificate when the SFA request it to complete the move. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The SFA rulebook makes it clear that suspension would be served in Scotland if it's included, so he'll probably miss the first few games um, for that as well. The thing is as well, I mean, we're now looking at this. We thought at the time with Brexit that it would be difficult to get guys like this in. Bernabe not having that much international experience before, even the, the Japanese players coming in not having that much international experience. But it does look as though it's not as much of a problem as it once was. We are scouting these sort of far east and west markets. We are going down to South America. Obviously, the last time we went to South America, we brought back a guy that was shied by name and shied by nature. Um, but we're hoping that Bernabe is obviously a lot better than that. Um, it is kind of interesting to see is not just going down the usual who's available in Scotland, who's available down south, who's kind of making it through in the Slovakian or Polish second divisions. We're opening that market and we're searching far and beyond to get the right players. I think it's to do with Ange having worked in so many different countries. He's got a wide knowledge of untapped markets as we saw the Japanese market. 
then I think also was it Mark Law and the links with the City Group will be helpful with that as well because mm-hmm. they've got teams everywhere. They've got teams in Mexico, they've got teams in South America, they've got teams in Australia. All these sort of shrewd football and nations aren't really well known for having high potential players coming from them. And Celtic haven't really looked at these markets in the past. So having the links with the City Group will allow us to have networks in those nations as well, which is only going to pay us dividends in the future. So hopefully... When you're a club the Celtic stand in football, you have to be ahead of the curve on the players that are coming through for the future. So having these links will pay dividends. It is interesting to obviously see us going down that route because it used to be a case of it was only a thing that the big Spanish teams done or the Portuguese teams done. They looked at that South American market where there was always quality and there was always value. I mean I mean, remember coming up against Shakhtar Donetsk in two thousand and four, two thousand and five, whenever it was. And half of their team were Brazilian. And it just shows that there was the market there and these guys went on to make moves across Europe and they will see it as a stepping stone. But if you're bringing in that quality player and that option's available to you, for once we're actually going out there and we're doing it. We've been linked before. There was links last year of bringing in young Mexican players from the the Under-21 World Cup. Never came through. Now it does look as though we have someone out there in that market who's actively scouting for us and we're reaping the benefits from it now. Yeah, it's smart and it should really excite the fans because that's how football is moving nowadays. I've got to be ahead. And some of the top clubs that have really advanced forward and came on leaps and bounds in recent years. I've got to look at Brentford. They've really tapped into that Danish market well. Then look at Red Bull Salzburg. They've had scouting links over in Asia and in Africa. They've really been focusing on that African market. I've seen players like Manny, among others, coming through at that squad. So it's good to see Celtic going into these untapped markets, hopefully getting us ahead so we can make a lot of profit and hopefully make some decent players as well. Another market which seems to be opening up to the world as well is the Irish market. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but there was a boy who made the move from Cork City to AC Milan the other day. What's the name? It's incredible, isn't it? When you think about it, I mean, everybody looks at that League of Ireland and they say there's, it's not the same, it's part-time. It's, we've brought guys over like Liam Scales and Johnny Kenny and they've not quite made it yet. But then you see guys making that move to AC Milan. So I think if you've got to keep an eye on that Irish market. That could be the next one that comes through. And speaking of which, we obviously um, mentioned Liam Scales there. Liam Scales goes out. I saw Liam Scales as a left-back. But listening to Jim Goodwin's interview yesterday, mm. he says he's predominantly going to be playing as a left centre-back. For me, as part of a back three. Do you think this is something that Anne just looked at and decided that p- perhaps that Liam Scales' future at Celtic will be at centre-half and not at left-back? Well, because last season he played left-back. I don't think he played a centre-back once. He did I'm once, correct. if I remember correctly, and it was almost for... I think it was only 20 minutes, maybe 15, mm. 20 minutes to see a game out um, that he moved oh, in. He did start at left-back and moved in. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, he's just... You're so right, he hasn't really proper started. No. So Anne just clearly saw him as a left-back when he first came in. I don't, he wasn't an Anne signing for me anyway in the first place. I think that was a Dermot Desmond signing. But he didn't sort of light up the world at left-back. He didn't really impress, which he's got this loan out to play at centre-back. And hopefully he can do well at centre-back and he can come back and provide us a different option than what he was before. Because I wasn't really impressed with him at left-back. That Bodo Glimp game sort of really turned me off Liam Scales because he scored quite a few goals. A lot of fans were really interested in Liam Scales, but I think that Bodo Glimp game on the big stage 
sort of out in the cold Norway and that night they just didn't really impress got torn apart to be honest mm-hmm. with you so hopefully this can give them a bit of confidence in a different position give us a different outlook for the following season but I mean the streets will always remember that performance against Real Betis along with mm-hmm. Zazi Urigidi who returns to training as well I don't know why folk bigged Urigidi up on that day I thought he was absolutely immense in that game his first 45 minutes was terrible and then it was mm-hmm. almost as if we brought his brother on for the second half it was so much better. We, we put the controller back in, we put the found the batteries. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously he moves up there. It's a position that Celtic were looking at last season, was that centre-half position. Obviously we had the combination of Starfelt, who in good news does look as if he will be fit for pre-season. Um, so the video of him on the beach, I know he's another one that's mm. going round enjoying his holidays at the minute. It's not just Jota and uh, Natasha Miko that are enjoying their holidays it's also Starfelt um, but he it did look quite serious when he came off for Sweden he does look as if he were back he formed that partnership with Cameron Carter Vickers but there was also always that thing last season where we were saying we could really be doing with a left-sided centre-back we could be doing with a natural left-sided centre-back and if that was the position that Liam Scales was going to play I thought by now he would have maybe got the odd sort of cup game in that position him moving up there and playing this full season, probably for Jim Goodwin's Aberdeen in that position, it then kind of says the question when he comes back to Celtic, he can't really go back to left back, he has to go back into that centre half position. It's like when we sent Chris Iyer out to um, Kilmarnock, he started at sort of centre defensive mid and then moved back. If that's going to be his position, that's got to be his position going forward and playing at a high level up in Aberdeen you'd think that might help him adapt and settle in and he can become a useful player for us when he comes back. Yeah, you would have thought when Christopher Julian was out injured, you would have thought if Liam Scales was going to get an opportunity to centre-back, it would have been then. I know Stephen Welsh was the player getting the opportunities. Was anyone sort of shoved in at centre-back? Or was it just Welsh that was... I think it was just Welsh. Beaton, really I like think once or twice Beaton, did it, yeah. yeah. But he doesn't really fit that role as good. You would want someone else playing there. You would have thought Scales had a chance, but... He'll get good minutes. Liam, Jim Goodwin, I think he targeted him before mm-hmm. he got him at Celtic. He was really chasing after him at St. Martin, so he's finally got his man and he's going to get game time. Just hopefully he comes back a bit a better player. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's been so much hype about him from people that have seen him play for Shamrock Rovers. A lot of our Irish um, contingent that contribute on a daily basis over here, they keep saying that they, they see a big, big future in him. But it's just not really put that in yet. And I think maybe it's very similar to Anthony Ralston, where if he gets a run of games, you'll be able to see the ability that he's got and hopefully he'll be able to come along as well. You don't, You just got to wonder when that run of games would come because you would have thought we'd have been in the season where we're proper trying to progress the team. That's when Ralston got his opportunities. His Ralston wasn't really given the opportunities by choice. His was sort of forced upon because he had no one else to play that position and that sort of came off lucky for us but Scales um, we've got Taylor there and Bernabe coming in I think that sort of spells in for Scales as well at left back so you've got to think centre back would probably be the future but if we sign another centre back then you'd think Liam Scales would be done unless he has some world win performances at Aberdeen I think if, it's, if his future's going to be at centre half though I don't think I would necessarily rule him out. I was speaking to uh, Glenn Schroeder from the Red Tinted Glasses podcast yesterday um, and he was saying that they are quite disappointed 
that there's no option to buy as part of this loan. They just see it as that they're developing a Celtic player and you'll go back and you'll maybe go on and have a career. I mean, you've obviously seen that before with Ryan Christie when he made the move up there. But what he's got another three years left on his contract. This contract doesn't expire till 2025. You would be talking Celtic would be looking to at least get the money back that they spent on him, which was well over £300,000. Obviously, Aberdeen have got that money since Calvin Ramsey departed and it does look as though Lewis Ferguson's going to be making... Yeah, they're spending the money. But what kind of figure do you think Celtic would have been looking for to put on that if they were looking for an option to buy? For me, I'd have said they'd have looked to get at least a million pound back. I would say probably the late 100,000s if we were trying to push because I don't really think he's developed or gotten better since he's came to Celtic. So... Is there, there's really a lot to justify adding so much more on his price tag because I don't think Aberdeen would pay that. I don't think it would be smart business for them. Is it just because he's went to Celtic and it's a bigger club we can sort of ask for more money than the team he joined us from would ask for? I, I would say that's that's the way kind of football goes though. I mean, you take a look at someone that like, makes a move down south and suddenly there's this English tax through on them. Someone who maybe left Scotland for a million pounds would go down there and if they were to make another move up it would be five, six million pounds to a newly promoted championship team or something like that and it's almost like you're paying that extra money because you're buying someone from that level I think that's the same idea when you come to the likes of a Celtic or even a Rangers is like yeah. immediately your value just jumps up so I think it's a good move for both Aberdeen and for um scales because Aberdeen will get a player that probably was out with their price range and they've got the chance to develop them and mm. obviously in that sense if it comes down to it, when his contract is eventually going to come up at Celtic if he doesn't make the breakthrough then he's always got that time that he's had in Aberdeen and it could be somewhere that he goes back to and we've seen players that have left Celtic to go up to Aberdeen and have fantastic careers like Niall McGinn. Yeah it'll be interesting to watch Aberdeen as well this season because they've really got a point to prove because last season really didn't go well for them so they'll be looking to sort of build up and get back up to the sort of top five, top four this season. And if Liam Scales, he'll be hoping to be a big part of that and help them push on. Yeah, I mean, that Aberdeen team last season was it was terrible. I generally thought at one point there was every chance they were going to end up in the relegation playoffs. Aye. They were just going out of control. Stephen Glass, I mean, they looked a good side when we came up against them. They pushed us. They almost turned up against Rangers, though. Well, that as well. I mean, you're just thinking one time, right, they've got to turn the boat around some point. This is this is a turnaround point. They beat Hibs one week and then the next week they'd lose to Livingston. It, it was just so inconsistent. Yeah, so inconsistent. So, Paul brings up the point here. Lannis fan at Call Me Joss says that Bernabe is better offensively with excellent pace and strength. His technique is outstanding, but he must make better decisions. Yeah, we've seen now, that with the head, but... <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. Um, but that, to me, sounds like another young player that we used to have at Celtic in Jeremy Frimpong. He was someone with bags of ability, bags of talent, bags of pace, but sometimes his final ball was just lacking. Yeah. And we've seen that, obviously, since he's left Celtic, he's went back to... Sorry, he's went to Germany... And he's putting in assist after assist every week. Mm. It's all about development. As you say, Bernabe is only 21. A good coach will get that out of a player. And you've got to think with the way that Ange has brought on players like um, Ralston and Taylor last season, we can expect that there'll be something similar from Bernabe as well. 
Yeah, it was a great point you made with Frimpong there because it shows the effect that really good coaches can have on a player. And you think Celtic, we've got a really good coaching team on our hands at the moment. And the issues that Bernabe has is all sort of raw issues that can be moulded out of a young player. So I'm, I'm very excited about him coming into the club. Yeah, I am as well. I, the, the thing about Frimpong that really always excited me was he was someone who got you out of your seat. He was someone that hit the byline and looked up and at times that season, certainly his first season, there wasn't anybody in and around the six-yard box to put it in the back of the net. He would always look up and the striker would be on the edge of the box because it used to be um, Edward that was there. Um, Christie would maybe make that run in. But now you're sitting with guys like Kyogo with uh, Jack and Marcus with Maeda coming in, even Abada coming in at the back post. Yeah, that, the edge of the box as well. Exactly. He's got so many targets to hit. And if that's the kind of player that we're bringing in, then you can only think that it's going to be an exciting time being in there and being back at Celtic Park. Yeah, part of me wishes Frimpong could have came through maybe two years after he did because I would have loved to see him in this AM system. So we'd, I think we'd have got, we got a lot of him already under Neil Lennon. I would have got so much more out of Jeremy Frimpong under Ange. Yeah, de- definitely. And there's probably a couple other players like that. I and mean, I think of guys like um, Elanusi. I, I just tried picture Elanusi in an Ange Poster Coglu team. I think if if you looked at it completely with Tom Rogic leaving, if we'd managed to get someone like Elanusi, he would have been the perfect replacement in that number ten position. Yeah, I, I would agree. I I was never as sold on Elanusi as a lot of other people. I don't know if it's just because of how bad the season was in that second season because of his injury issues, but he would get the fans off their seats as well. If the fans were in the stadium, they'd be off their seats. Well, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, he's been on a, he had a good season with uh, Southampton as well. So, um, he really broke through. Absolutely. Paul coming in again. Do we still need a striker? We had to bring on Joey Dawson as a sub six months ago because we had no one else. Do we run with Maeda and Abada as backup? We were speaking about this last week. If there was one player that was going to go on and have a season like an Anthony Ralston season this year, for me I thought it would be Albin Ayeti he looked as if he was someone who was starting to understand the way that Ange Postacoglu wanted to play he was starting to chase things down and then unfortunately got injured but the fact that he didn't make an appearance in the second half of the season probably for me means that he'll be leaving and as Ender McGurk says here, we probably do need another goal scorer as Ayeti can't be relied upon if he stays I don't think he will stay. I think he'll probably leave this summer. Yeah, it just depends on who would get him. I saw a post on Twitter. I don't know how sort of reliable that would be. It had the wages for this season. I know Celtic aren't really allowed to release the wages. Mm-hmm. But I saw that Ayeti was on very high wages. That rumour has been doing the rounds for a while. So you'd think, who's really going to pay the wages for Albion Ayeti? Would he take that big of a pay cut? I mean, if he cares about his football and career and going on as a player, he would. I can see him maybe going back to a Basel or maybe he could do a job for a team in the English Championship. Speaking of the English Championship, did you see which former Celt made the move to the Championship yesterday? I can't say I did. No, you're going to say the name though, then I'll remember it. Vakin Usov Bayo oh, made yeah. the move to Watford yesterday. Ah, he's, I was, sporting Chalor or he's been at. Yeah, I was very That's surprised right. at that one. I mean, he only really left, what, last season on a, a permanent transfer, was loaned out last year, and now makes his move to the Championship. Do you think he's got the chance to be as successful as Timu Puki, or is that just a one-off? 
I think that Pookie was an anomaly. I, I hope Bayer does well. I quite like him. He seemed like a, seemed like a good guy. He gets on well with Sorrow. So I hope, I hope he does well. He, was, he had like, double-figure goals at Charleroi, did he not? In the mm-hmm. Belgian division, a lot of our players have gone to Belgium the last few years that we'd wrote off as flops and then they've done well. You just got to look at Jack Hendry as well. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they've just got better cameramen in Belgium. But, I mean, I've seen Jack Henry's clips, I've seen uh, Azazio Rigidi's clips, and I've seen Bio's clips. And if we were signing them, I'd be excited to bring these guys mm. in. But we've A already seen them. people would consider the Belgian league. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. A better quality league than the Scottish league as well. So how is it these players are doing so terrible at us in the Scottish football and going to these so-called bigger leagues and then getting big money moves? They've got better editors. That's all I'm saying. They've got better video editors. That's all it is. Um, but yeah, Bio made the move to Watford. I'm not sure if we had any sort of sell-on on that, but um, I, I, I can't see him being someone who's going to score 20, 30 goals a season in the Championship down south. It's a big step up for him but it'll be interesting to see how he gets on he'll still get goals I think because Watford will be one of the front runners for getting instant promotion back to the Premiership so you think he would get goals with the service he has compared to the other teams so I wish him the best yeah absolutely as we do for anybody that's put on the green and white of Celtic uh, we are about half an hour in and we are looking for your questions to take through we are going to be discussing all the ins and outs of Celtic Paul coming in again, what do we do with Mikey Johnson, loan him out for a season? This is a, a very interesting debate, this one, because I've seen people say he's had his time, he's been brought in, he's been in, out, in, out, his injuries, it just doesn't add up for us to play him. But then we see someone like James Forrest, who, in my opinion, was probably having his final season last year, gets a new three-year deal. So I saw Mikey Johnson... On TikTok yesterday, I don't know if you, you've seen him, he was out with a, a former Celtic player, Sam Wardrop, um, doing some oh, yeah, training ahead it. of the pre-season. So it does look as if this could probably be the sort of make or break for um, Mikey Johnson this year. If he doesn't make it in pre-season, I don't think you'll see yourself into the first game. I think there's been too many make or breaks for Mikey Johnson. He's had moments, but in front of the goal, he just was never good enough. And then his fitness issues didn't really do him do him too well either. I think I would have said maybe last year, the season before, a loan move to another Premiership team would have been best for him. He was linked with a loan move in January, was he not? Mm-hmm. Was it Aberdeen he was linked with? I, th- I think it was Aberdeen, yeah. We'll just say Aberdeen because they seem to take yeah, our players in the anyway. I think his sort of ship has sailed now. I'd be looking to ship Mikey Johnson off. Do you know what? I, you hear these people in the stories of when he was playing at a, a younger level and a lot of people say, well, he was the one that was standing out all the time. He was the, the one that everybody was attracted to, to watching. And at the minute you're sitting going, 
there's players like that that just can't make that step up into to sort of adult football. They're great yeah. at the youth levels, but they, they never quite get there. And you maybe see them having a, a career in sort of Championship League One. I look at someone like Kerr McEnroy, who has been out, spent numerous loan spells in the lower leagues. Now he's finally getting his opportunity to play Premiership football. He joined Kilmarnock. That caused a bit of debate between the Kilmarnock and the United fans because he was at United last season. But he's another youngster who's now getting his chance to play in the Premiership. And you know what? See if he has a good game against Celtic. Somebody will turn around in six months' time and say, we shouldn't have let him go. Uh, <laughs> and that's a good point you made there. you just got to look at Celtic. He's still got a lot of time left, but Karamoko Dembele hasn't really lit things up as much as a lot of things people thought they would. Islam Farouz, another one you look at. But I don't remember anyone raving about Kieran Tierney or Callum McGregor way before they sort of broke out of Celtic. I don't remember those players getting the headlines that a Mikey Johnson or a Karamoko Dembele did as a youth player. So it's quite often... I don't know if it's the publicity around the name that gets to their heads. You would you'd think that would be it. Mm, definitely. Uh, Mark Max, 1967, came around to say, loan him out to an SPFL team and hope he gets a run of games. I mean, I'm going to guess it would be a, a premiership team. Um, but you take a look at that. We've did this before. Look at the loan deal that we had with Ewan Henderson when he went up to Ross County. You would have thought at the time that's a perfect fit for him. He's somewhere that he's going to get a lot of game time. We saw what happened to Rangers youngster Stephen Kelly when he went up there. He got a lot of game time, but it just didn't work for Ewan. And again, someone that's left the club. And there's a lot of these youngsters that I think for them it was just bad timing of when they actually make that breakthrough to the first team. He was really unlucky that. Brendan Rodgers left I think he got hit really hard by that because Brendan was clearly a big fan yep. he was getting a good run of games I remember I think it was against Hearts and Lennon's first game I think had a really good assist in that game you and Henderson I'm not sure if it was that one or a Motherwell game I'm no sure. it was the, the Hearts game at Tinka so yeah I remember that really yeah, well. he's made like in the game against Real Betis he scored his first touch of the game he's a player that I've never understood why he'd never got a chance because whenever he's played for Celtic, I've always been impressed by Ewan Henderson. But then when he goes in these loan moves, he doesn't really seem to light the world up. So I'm just he's been a really confusing player. You just wonder about what kind of what spell that is for players. You take a look at someone like um, another local boy to here, uh, and I have totally forgot his name. Oh wow, this is a, a bad <laughs> blank for me. You you know exactly who I'm talking about though. Uh, forward. Left hand side, now plays for Red Bull. Yeah, Lewis Morgan. Lewis Morgan. There, there we are. go. See, um, I definitely did they take that for the chat. No, definitely not at all. I can't believe I forgot that. There'll be people down here roasting me because he's another green up boy, but um, someone who probably wasn't ready at that time to make the step up to Celtic. It done well for St. Mirren. Yeah, um, I got into the championship. Yeah, he was a, a good talent and obviously Brendan Rodgers saw that in him. You look at the career he's having over in America right now and you're just saying there's guys at Celtic that have that ability. Maybe a Mikey Johnson, if he was to leave, would go on and have a sort of Lewis Morgan-esque career if he made the move somewhere else that suited him. Yeah, I got a good chuckle out of Higuain, who now plays with Lewis Morgan, saying that Lewis Morgan was one of the best players he's ever played with. <laughs> Considering Higuain's played with both Messi and Ronaldo, the fact that he's bigger than yeah. Morgan that much, it says a lot. I, I, don't, I, I don't know how much you buy into that. That's one of those, um, <laughs> what do you call it? Do you remember when Zlatan was over there? 
and it was uh, the race for the golden boot was between, or the MLS golden boot at least, was between him and Carlos Vea. And he says to him, who's the best player in the MLS? And he says, oh, Carlos Vea. And he says, oh, but we thought you, you were such a big fan of yourself. He says, well, I know I'm the best player, but that's not the answer you want to hear, so I'll say Carlos Vea. He's just one of those sort of enigmas, I think. He grinds like that as well. You think the players he's played with, he's not going to turn around and say that Lewis Morgan is the best. That's just that. He's maybe probably got another twenty dollars on his wages for that. Um, Paul coming in again. Would we be happy with three permanent signings? CCD, Bernabe, Jota. Not talk. talk spoke about Jota yet. I'm going to try and leave Jota out of this because I feel as though we speak about Jota that often that it just feels like we're dragging it on. Um, a free agent in Seagrass and two to three loans. Well, I don't think it will be three permanent signings. I do think there is another player just about to make that move to Celtic, and we were. Um, hearing a lot about him yesterday uh, and that player is Alpha Semedo now he looks as if he could be coming over to Scotland he's played in the championship for the last two seasons on loan at um, Reading and at Nottingham Forest he's someone who looks to fill that number six position that we've been speaking about that needs the strengthening uh, James and from the clips I've seen of him and obviously I followed a lot of championship football last season he's someone who's going to take the Scottish football pretty well I think and for £2 million I think it is the, the sort of fee that we're speaking about here could be another good bit of business um, I saw a clip of Alpha Semedo scoring in the Champions League for Benfica against a certain Greek goalkeeper I'm not sure if you can guess who uh, that was you mean <laughs> that goalkeeper that's really good that that one that we spent a lot of money on here yeah we would rather forget he existed. Um, I'm not, there's a lot of substance to the Alpha Semedo rumours because it's coming for football, Scott, and they were touting Vinicius Sosa was very close to join us last week. So I'm not sure if there's too much to the Alpha Semedo deal. I, I, well, I have to credit Football Scotland because I, I know one of the writers there, Mark Hendry, uh, again, another Greenock boy, he was the first one to break the news that Bernabe was making the move to um, yeah. Celtic so uh, again all rumours and here there and everywhere but it is it's something that's that been strongly strongly linked I, I think it's when you look at it it is someone that Celtic would probably be interested in because we are looking at filling that number six position I, I think Callum McGregor needs the opportunity to be played a bit further forward as good as he is in that position I always think he's best when he's got his his face headed toward the other, the opposition goal, his head up and looking to play that pass. I don't want to see him sitting as far back as he did before because when you look at the season that we try and forget all about with the COVID, when he was playing alongside Scott Brown, it always felt as if the two of them were sitting that deep and you could never build that connection between midfield and the forward line. And yeah, yeah, Callum McGregor is the best at that. He's the best at that in Scotland. Yeah, it says a lot considering Callum McGregor just won the Scottish Player of the Year played in that number six role. That exactly. he would be better suited in the number eight. That's he's the best player in the league by leaps and bounds for me. And we just you just got to look at the seasons under Rogers where he's playing more advanced. The amount of important goals that he scored for Celtic in the Champions League and domestically. So if we can get an another player that can ease a lot of the pressure off Cal McGregor, especially for the European games where teams are out to get us and hurt us, it'll ease a lot of pressure off McGregor and allow him to have a more creative freedom. And then obviously you're speaking about Souza. Um, I think the fee that was quoted for him was somewhere in the region of £7 million. Now, 
all you have to do is go back to the January transfer window and we're looking at a, a certain guy called Riley McGree and he decided that Celtic wasn't the move for him, made the move to Middlesbrough. Nobody really heard of him since. We brought in Matt O'Reilly and the, when you look at it, fantastic signing, great player, absolute bargain of a deal when you look at it, just over a million pounds that we spent. It does show you that when we're going from option A to option B, there doesn't seem to be that drop in quality that there used to be. There used to be, we're targeting this guy, didn't get him, here's Yusuf Malumbu. We're bringing in guys that are similar or better quality. So even if it is a, a second, third, fourth choice option, it's still that quality level and it's not dropping at all. Yeah, I think we've learned from previous mistakes, which is something you always like to see, because for so many years, it was the same mistakes over and over and over in the transfer window. So the fact that we've got multiple players for multiple positions, it sounds like sort of the basics of football, but for so long we weren't doing that in the transfer market. So to see it's a lot of progress in the transfer market for Celtic, it's very positive to see. Yeah, absolutely. Frank Kennedy in here on screen saying, with Sigrid Bernabe and hopefully Jota coming in on Friday, we still need a centre-half midfielder and striker. We spoke about the midfielder and the striker. It does look as though Celtic are actively looking in those markets. In terms of centre-half, it's always been a thing for Celtic, hasn't it? I mean, even with Cameron Carter-Vickers, Starfelt, Welsh in those positions, I do think there is room for one more. And what Paul was mentioning earlier about those low knees, I think this is another market that we target probably closer to the start of the season. I think you get your permanent transfers done now, you get them in for pre-season, and then you look at the likes of Man City and you look at the likes of Spurs and you look at the likes of Arsenal and you say, right, who can we get from these teams on a sort of loan with option to buy basis? Yeah, because it's a, oh, go on. Sorry, I was just going to say, it's a market that's now working for us. Mm. There is players that are looking to develop their career further, um, who need that opportunity to be playing regular football. And I think there's there's some great youth down south. I mean, someone that I was really hoping that we'd pick up a couple of seasons ago, and I think I mentioned it on here a couple of years ago, was Troy Parrott down at Spurs. It was always someone that I saw coming through, was getting into that Ireland squad. And then if anyone watched the Ireland-Scotland game, he was one of the standouts of that game. I was lucky. I was just off a night shift, so I missed that game. <laughs> I'm so glad I did. Um, but he was a he was a great young talent that he could bring through. You look at Gavin Bazanu, who's made that move from Man City. Um, where, where did he end up? Yeah, Southampton. Southampton, another young talent we could have maybe potentially looked at. There is talent down there, and I think when you look at it, it's how we brought in Jota last year. It's how we brought in Cameron Carter-Vickers. Uh, last year as well, we do have to look at that. The market down south, although have the right players that we can bring up on a good deal. Yeah, we've been like with Harwood Bellis quite a lot. So if you were looking for the young players down in England, I think he would be the one who played. I think Vincent Company was the manager at Adelaide at the time. I know his stint there didn't really go yeah. too good, but learning off of Vincent Company, that's not too bad of a centre-back to be learning your trade office, so I'd be very happy if we were to get him, but as you were saying, there's a lot more positions that need attention first before we look at centre-backs. I still think we need a right winger, because I'm not completely sold in James Forrest this season. I think his legs are gone, and we could do a better option there. I think before centre-back, I'd be looking at a defensive midfielder 
and a right winger. And if Julian is going to be staying, like I've seen some, I think it was an exclusive from the Daily Ranger, the Daily Record, saying that he would be staying around at Celtic. So if he stays around, do we really need uh, another centre-back, Christopher Julian, if he stays? I was actually speaking to someone who stays across the street from Chris Julian. He stays not too far from here. He stays up towards um, the Lang Bank area. And basically, they, they kind of got to know him and he says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still here. I've no intentions of going anywhere this summer. Whether Celtic don't think you've got any intentions of putting him anywhere this summer, it'll be interesting to see. But I, I don't know. Obviously, he's at that age now where he can decide whether he wants to play football um, on a regular basis or he just continues to kind of sit on the bench and pick up his opportunities whenever they come around in the sort of way that Bobo Baldi did. Um, but we'll see what happens there. I think, as you mentioned, he would Bellis. I think he might go to Burnley just because Vincent Company's there. Um, so that partnership would be put back together. But we've also seen guys like Koa Takura um, being linked as well from Man City. So I think it is something that we will see a couple of players coming in on loan. Uh, but I think if we are going to do that, it is going to be ones that we see they have an option to buy at the end of it because it's now becoming a market that suits Celtic, um, that we can bring in a player, see what they're like for a year. Everybody panics and says we need to sign them in January and then we get the deal done in the summer eventually, hopefully. Yeah, it's smart that we're keeping tabs on the centre-back position because it would be ignorant not to be looking at anybody. You'd hope we'd be looking at targets for every position in the park, just if a disaster were to occur and a player were to leave. So it's, it's good that we're just sort of keeping our eyes open at all positions. It does take you back to that leaked list. Do you remember the leaked list that came out of Lennox Town? Some of the players that were on that list that went on to have a, a really good career. Rhys James was on that list. Uh, was was Joe Aribo not on that list? Joe Aribo was that. on that list as well, I yeah. I remember him being on that list. Um, but then I also think that... Um, What's his name was on that list? The striker we had from uh, Leipzig. Uh, Scottish boy. Scottish boy. Oliver Burke. Oliver Burke. He was also on that list. So (laughs) (laughs) take that with a pinch of salt. Uh, Paul coming (laughs) in again. We signed Van Dyke nine years ago. Jeez, nine years ago. That makes me feel old. Um, Which other ex-Celts will go on to win the Champions League? Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess you say Andy Robertson is one of them um, I don't know there's not really many that will probably go on and, and do that I think Dembele's probably one that has the best chance of doing so there's been uh, a trend with Croatian players being in every Champions League winning squad over the last sort of five or ten years so maybe Josip Juranovic could be another chance as well well, it's ex-Celts just now, James, so unless you're mm. going to break as a transfer exclusive, <laughs> we're going to say that Juranovic oh. stays around. Um, Jonathan, John, sorry, John Ross Cargill comes in to say Kieran Tierney will 100%. Do you know, I'm not convinced. And i tell you for why, because if he stays at Arsenal, they will get nowhere near the Champions League. He's going to need to make that big move. Uh, I know, yeah. obviously, there was talk of the likes of um, Real Madrid being interested in him. Um, but as long as he stays at Arsenal, I, I can't see him winning anything. I've got no idea why Man City aren't all over getting Kieran Tierney because they need a left back. It's they're, they're looking at that Cucurella from Brighton. But Tierney's been linked with Newcastle. I saw as well a couple of months ago. If we're talking about maybe five or ten years down the line, 
him going to Newcastle it could be a positive for him and his career. Well, there's talking about that. Could uh, sorry, Cucurella, um fifty million pounds. When the, the market down south is absolutely ridiculous, I saw Jumping that. I saw that Manchester United are looking to get rid of Aaron Wan Bissaka already, and they spent fifty odd million pounds on him as well. I mean, that's what, so we were speaking about that earlier on about when you move to a team, does your value automatically increase? It does, but I mean, nobody's going to spend that sort of money. You, you look at Diallo, who went up here this year, forty million pounds. Wan Bissaka, fifty million pounds. It's just ridiculous the amount of money that's wasted down south. Half it's done through panic and desperation as well. The only reason Manchester United paid eighty million for Harry Maguire was because there was no other real sort of top centre backs on the market. Then they desperately needed one. The same way Anwan Bissaka, he'd had one good season. They were desperate for them. I mean, for me, I still think that Harry Maguire is the only transfer fee that it was calculated by the square size of his forehead because it's <laughs> not down on his footballing ability. He is mince. There's a fantastic video on YouTube. Watch it after this show. Don't don't go away now. Stay here and go away and watch it afterwards. And it just shows you all the bloopers he's made over the last two seasons, just two seasons, and it's about 15 minutes long. I actually feel quite bad for him. It doesn't really, it doesn't do too bad for England at the international tournaments. But it's uh, just, at Man United, he's absolutely terrible. He's, he, I, I think if he was to move on now, they'd be lucky to get 10% of that money back. He's he's mince. He's absolutely mince. And um, Malasoro is another one who looks as if he will be making that transfer exit as partisan Belgrade lineup, a, a loan move for the forgotten midfielder. I think there was talk of him earlier on in the seat this summer making the move to America as well. So it yeah, does look as if yeah, it does look as if we're actively trying to get these players off the um, the wage budget for next season. And I guess I would rather see a squad of sort of. 20 to 22 players that are consistently playing for us and um, of that high quality and you're paying them maybe 20 to 25 grand a week as opposed to having a squad of like 40 um, where you've got guys like Soro who are never going to play but you're still paying them 8 to 10 grand a week. For me, I'd rather have that smaller knit squad with quality in it over the quantity of just being able to drop to people because... That way, I think we'll see the youth players getting more of a chance and them coming through as well. Yeah, you don't want players that are just sort of along for the ride, just sort of riding in the backseat. You want the players that are going to be playing every single game and giving their all. But Celtic aren't here to sort of give players a paycheck and just let them sort of ride out their contract. We are here to let players shine who are going to be playing consistent football or else they should be shown the door, quite frankly, because players like Ayeti and Barkas... They were getting way too much money and already got bar cash out the, goal, out the door and they're paying, was it 70% of his wages? Mm-hmm. Something like that. So I've done well with that, but there's a few more players to attack. I think Ball and Golly's actually on big wages, which considering he probably should have been out the door after he's wee jolly <laughs> across Europe, uh, it's, I'm still shocked that he's still at the club. I think it will be a lot to do with the wages. Uh, I mean, when he yeah. went over to, to Russia... Um, before all of this kicked off. Um, Can't was... catch a break. He went nah, to the I... cup and got an injury, then he went to <laughs> Russia, and then uh, the biggest war in Europe since the Second World War broke out. So wherever he moves next, then I, I do apologise in advance that we send him there. <laughs> Speaking of lists, obviously we've got the list here. This was the list of players that Neil Lennon wanted for the 10 in a row, and some of these give me the shivers. Um, 
James McLean, Fraser Foster, Charlie McGrew, Robert Snodgrass, Ivan Tony, Danny Drinkwater. Danny Drinkwater actually just sealed that he got released from Chelsea's contract. So he's a free agent this summer. James McLean played fairly well for Ireland against Scotland the other day. Fraser Foster's now went into that goalkeeper retirement zone. He's signed for uh, Spurs. He'll be their third-choice goalkeeper. Charlie McGrew, I think, is retiring this summer. Is that right? Is he retiring? Uh, Robert Snodgrass, I don't think, he's kicked a ball in about 18 months. And Ivan Tony, that's the, that's the big one for oh, me, yeah. Ivan Tony. He's the one that got away. Players. It looks like if he went to a Celtic forum in 2014 and looked at the players <laughs> they wanted us to sign, that's, that's what the, the, this list of signings sort of looks like. I'm surprised there's no sort of Ryan Pochers or something there considering the other options on the list. Well, i tell you what, we obviously we spoke about this earlier. I said to you, with Brexit, I thought it would be more British-based players that we'd be looking at. This is the list of British-based players that we could have potentially been looking at. Now you're opening the market, you're bringing in guys like Kyogo Furuhashi, you're bringing in Alexander Bernabe, you're looking further beyond that. I, I mean, when we're speaking to, to Ange last season, he was saying, I'm looking at the Iraqi market, I'm looking at this market, I'm looking at that market. Was it Jeezy? Scheiser? The left-back, yeah, he played for Hammerby, yeah. He, he was Iraqi. That, when you look at it like this, this is just a who's who of potentially uh, British and Irish players that we could have brought in. Yeah, we were linked with a couple of Iranian players in January as well. And that just goes to show Ange talking about the Asian market and his clear knowledge of it from playing the qualifiers for Australia. It just shows you the difference in coaching setups and what they're trying to do behind the scenes. Obviously, Ange just came in took his own backroom, t- sorry, had his backroom team put there for him. He's worked with them. He's now trying to put that link between the B team and the A team. Both teams are now training at Lennox Town, which was something that Kieran Devlin broke last week. Um, and we're starting to see that connection coming together. We see that Stephen McManus is stepping back down into the B team. Well, not so much stepping down, but he is that sort of go-between from the A team and the yeah. B team, so that if the A team need a player, he's the guy that sort of recommends them. Harry Keel coming in to potentially work with our forwards um, this year. I mean, Harry Keel was a great player on his day. If he could get some of the, the, the players to play the way he played when he was at Leeds and at Liverpool, uh, you're, you're talking about... I mean, I've always said that. I always thought there's space at Celtic for someone like a, a John Hartson or even Henrik Larson to come in and try and develop the, the younger players and mould them into the kind of players that they were. Yeah, you need love... Everybody always wants the older players to sort of come back, but you don't want to just give them the job based on the fact, oh, you were here before, yeah, it's got to be based on merit. That's why I hope that Scott Brown can prove himself down at Fleetwood and come back to manage Celtic one day. That's a few years down the line. But that's If there's one player I could pick out to come in and do a, a role behind the scenes, it would be Scott Brown. Big, big bad John Hartson, he was at Livingston for a while when they got promoted. Um I don't know if he was assistant coach or if he was an attacking coach, but he was someone that came in. And when you think of the style of football that um, Livingston sort of played when they came up, it's not the style that you sort of expect Hartson to be in there. But you look at someone like Lyndon Dykes, who obviously learned a lot from him. He sort of moulded himself into that. He's strong, he's physical on the ball, gets himself about. That was always the, the way that Livingston played when they came up. And they always had that guy that they could hit up front and they'd play off him. You look at the way that Harry Kuehl played football, it does kind of play the way that Ange Postecoglou wants to play. He was someone that could play through him, he could play out wide, 
he was always linking the play, he was very energetic. So if you pass that on to the youngsters coming through and you show them the way that you played, I think that's only good for the, the team and it's important that you get players that suit, sorry, coaches that suit the style of football that the, the manager wants to play. Yeah, the knowledge that can be passed on for those sort of tenured players as well. It's only going to pay dividends for the younger players and hopefully his Japanese is quite good. He can pass on some knowledge to the Japanese contingent at the park as well. Paul's asking, was he right and was Romano wrong about JJ? I'm going to leave that open to the comments. You can let us know in the last couple of minutes before we wrap up here. Um, yeah, I mean, a busy 24 hours in the, the world of Celtic, James. I mean, it's getting to that exciting stage. There's only a couple of weeks now before pre-season. We're getting the games coming up. We're seeing the adverts for the, the games. As good as it was to let the, the guys have that long that long sort of summer break, just desperately want the football back now. Yeah, I think a lot of the players coming in sort of later on in the transfer window last year, it was, was pretty non-stop for their players. So they, they deserve the break for the work they've done for the fans and they've run themselves into the ground on the park as well. So it's a much-deserved holiday and it'll be exciting to have the pre-season coming in because it's, you just hate life without Celtic. It's been, it's been too long. It's probably been about a month and a half. So you're really looking forward to that. We saw announced earlier on a friendly, not many will be fans about it, against Rapid Vienna whilst they're away on a sort of European tour. Is it the Czech Republic we're going to? Yeah, 9th of July against Rapid Vienna, yep. That's when that was. So a lot of people won't be fans of that, us having sort of friendlies with them. You saw we had, it's sort of a friendly planned with Rangers in December, which thankfully that's not happening anymore. A friendly, as Paul said there, with Lesia Warsaw, which is, for the sake of Arthur Boric, I'll let it slide. But I'm not sure many will be a fan of that Rapid Vienna one. Well, you know what they say, you keep your friends close and your enemies closer, so obviously we'll be playing Porto in a, a friendly as well soon, I would imagine. Ho- hopefully we're not keeping Rapid Vienna close to getting our ball and golly off them. <laughs> That's probably their payback. Um, <laughs> right, before we wrap up, give me your predictions between now and this time next week. Who do you see coming in and leaving by the time we come back on air next week? Maybe... Bernard being shorter, you would think, but the shorter one's been dragged out quite a lot, which hasn't really got me feeling good. I think Bernard will be announced. They won't have him in a Celtic top yet, but he'll be announced. And then I think Jota will be the week after. I think we will see Bernabe, Jota and Semedo in by this time and next Semedo. week. I think they're just going to be in in time for us starting pre-season. Speaking of which, we are coming to the end of our hour it's been good, this is the first time me and James have been on together, I've really enjoyed this um, I don't know where Kev uh, Graham was but we, he'll got, turn up got well, but we've, we've kept it going he'll turn up at some point on the channel, he always does um, if you are watching, give us a like share that um, podcast with everyone the, the, the like feature we mention it all the time but it's massive for us it helps us grow the channel um, we'll have some fantastic information coming up on our charity weekender at the end of the year um this is a this is a big one this year you'll be really impressed with what we've got lined up uh the team will be back tomorrow hopefully we'll have another signing or two to talk about and tomorrow is the launch of the third uh, sorry the away kit the black and green kit so if you're getting that then enjoy uh, we will be back as i say tomorrow at 12 30 for another axon bulletin until then take care stay safe and as always hail hail
message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.